0: I'm going to be an uncle, actually. Oh, congratulations. That's fucking weird. You're going to be the bad uncle now. Uh, oh, I'm s- going to be such a bad My uncle. favorite is still the Sonic with Sally Acorn bit. I, I, I've i been telling my brother that I'm going to screw his kid over by introducing him to electronics. <laughs> Let's do what we do and say we're going no, no, to no, introduce him no. to fairies.
1: Uh, just hit them at the core of their uh, monetary foundation and introduce his kid to magic.
0: Magic and furry (laughs) and and tech so that he can be the most socially awkward child in existence. So one of the
1: guys that that plays magic with us a lot was actually at the Christmas party the other day. Oh, yeah? And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? He's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, (laughs) I didn't know. And I'm like, well, you'll notice those other five people over there, you play magic, are also here. And he's like, I did not know everyone who played magic with. That's apparently a furry. (laughs)
2: Bangs and fonts.
0: I am your host, voice. I'm Yanara. I'm Roland. And I'm still ocean. Still ocean. Still ocean. <laughs> Do you expect to change? <laughs> still, still oceans run deep.
2: He's a deep ocean.
0: Mm-hmm. He likes going deep.
2: So we realized that we actually have some emails. Some from August.
1: Dun dun dun. Yeah, we're horrible apparently. Yeah,
0: even though we keep harassing people to send us emails. Oh, I mean. The, in fairness, these th- last three emails were sent in the last month, which we haven't recorded for. I, w- I, will, say, I will say
2: that the um, I am impressed at the feedback we've been getting from the last episode about the zipper backs. The fact that a lot of people have definitely got opinions for it.
0: And all of them I told to write in, and only one of them did. I think we have one opinion on Zipperbacks, unless I'm missing something. We did have
1: one tweet response.
0: Oh, did we? Yes. I missed that.
1: Why did I not That's get probably it? probably because I read it before anyone else could. Uh-huh. I'd argue softly that the species in Robin Hood had parable, symbolic purpose, oh. Wolf of the Door, Motherhead, Snake, etc. Oh, I love that response, actually. Yes. I read that on my way back. Which, <clears throat> yes, they kind of do. And But at the same time, I find that this is also the type of writing where you'd be like, well, I made a crafty cat, and they'll be like, yeah, it still could have been a human. Yeah, well, and then they yell at you for that. Sure, I, so, I yeah. mean,
0: but I don't. I don't think Robin Hood was made explicitly with like the intent of it being like a furry story. They just wanted to like. I think d- it's thought, Disney. They, they can include well, cute animals whenever they want. Don't forget, it's all the characters from the Jungle Book.
1: It, true. And so they went. Oh look, we can transpose them over here, and they all have corresponding roles that managed to work up into these ones. And then and we go. can just
0: reuse some of the animation. Like, I, I feel like being zipperbacks was almost the point because they had Jungle Book already. And, then they're just like, let's put animal people in human situations. Well, even... Well, I was going to say, even Jungle Book's technically zipper-back, but significantly less so than... Less so than Robin Hood. Yeah, no, Robin Hood was very much zipper-back. Anyway, I I thought it was a, a good point that we'd kind of... Oh, I, I think it's very
1: zipper-back. Robin yeah, Hood, Jungle right? Book? Robin Hood, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, no, Robin Hood is yeah, very... Robin zipper-back. Hood was definitely... They,
1: they, they've done the minimal amounts... Of going, look, the species matters, but at the same time, the species well, doesn't matter because it fundamentally is, is a story that never was told with animals.
0: It, it's, it's not exactly that the species do or don't matter. It's that the species are symbolic, and that's kind of where it begins and ends. Huh. So, yeah, so I definitely agree that Robin Hood is
2: very zipper-back. I think if any of us wrote or received a story that was like Robin Hood, we would say, yeah, that's enough. I'll accept it, but you could have had more, and probably would suggest in the edits, you know, hey, you should add more animal stuff.
1: At the very least, you're not going to forget what species the characters are.
2: Yeah. Okay. So this email is from Sonria, a purple cheetah.
1: Oh. He's nice. I met him at AC.
2: Hello, everyone. I thought I would send you a rare email. I listen to and enjoy your podcast. Hearing you talk About writing not only helps get me, helps me know more about writing, but it also encourages me to keep going. It also gives me a good kick in the butt when I have been slacking off. Keep up the good work. Your friendly
0: purple cheetah, Sonria. Wow, I don't even get that much from this podcast. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) I will say this podcast is. Even when I listen to it, it gives me a good kick in I, the butt. To, it motivates me, because I'm like, listen to us talk about writing. I, I love oh. that people like actually listen to us and like actually take our advice sometimes. <laughs> That's pretty cool, because yeah. I don't feel qualified at all to be doing that. But but you are.
2: Realistically, we should take our own advice.
0: <laughs> we should. Do as we say, not as we do. Okay. Mm. Next email.
2: Ooh,
1: it's from our dear friend, Anthro Aquatic. Yo! Here's an email and a thumbs up for you all from my lonely editor chair. After listening to the FWG episode, it got me thinking. Have you guys done a podcast on things like contracts, publishers, editors, etc.,
2: and your experience with them as writers or as one of these categories? I know you've briefly
1: touched on these things in past episodes, but one dedicated just to that might be super cool. Due to sad recent events in American politics, I probably won't see most or all of you for a long, long time. Miss you all. Sincerely, Aquatic.
0: We've done a couple dedicated episodes to those things, haven't we? I'm, we've done. Or um, well, we've done at least, two, I think two. We've done
2: multiple um, panels on it,
0: but well, I don't like, know if we've, we've actually done an episode. We've on done it. a publishers one, haven't we? We've done an anthologies one. Well, you guys did the drunk anthology one, right? And so we can revisit that one for sure. Yeah, we try.
2: We weren't that drunk. I mean, we could always go back and rehash it.
0: I think it, it would be way. good. Well, there's a few things we still need to revisit, like the um, the, the cyberpunk episode that we did. <laughs> I was waiting for that. That we <laughs> trashed,
1: butchered. Like,
0: yeah. Uh, oh, we yeah. We definitely need to do that one again. <clears throat>
2: uh, on. Um, what were the other ones you mentioned? Well, just doing a panel on publishers, I think. I mean, that's
0: always good to... Especially now with there so being so many that are coming out. So, like, we, we haven't done an explicit episode on contracts. And I don't know if we could or should. But I think if it could be right included person. with our, like, editor-writer-publisher etiquette episode mm-hmm. if we wanted to do something like that. Well, I think
2: um, Watts did a really good one on contracts on his um, uh, furry writers guild page like, I'd, which everyone should go and read FYI because it it's very blatantly shows the difference yeah. between most outside the fandom publishers
0: versus inside the fandom <laughs> publishers I, I honestly don't think our insight on contracts would be all that valuable because we're not the ones making them <coughs> not, well, not yet, any, not yet anyway I mean when you have experience on that you're more than welcome to talk about it but I, d- I don't think we have any insider info on that as of yet Next email. From I don't know who. Uh, they didn't include, we'll, we'll just say Nick. Nick. Dear Aww. Fangs and Fonts crew, I have been listening to your podcast for about six months now. Ooh. I don't really remember how I stumbled upon it, but I have enjoyed every episode y'all have <laughs> recorded so far.
2: Probably.
0: I just listened to episode 71, and I wanted to congratulate you on three years of podcasts. I hope you keep going strong. Yay! <clears throat> I also wanted to mention that I am studying to be a mechanical engineer. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> as well as working on my own or on my writing to eventually get a novel published. So there is at least one creative engineer out there. Congratulations. Not uh, mechanical
1: is the most creative engineer. Yeah, this. Yeah.
0: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, my brother's a mechanical engineer and. Oh. I mean, he makes some cool stuff, though. He used to draw. Your your
2: father's an engineer, isn't he?
0: Electrical engineer.
2: Yeah.
0: Now petroleum. I mean, it depends on what you consider creative, because they can get creative with a bunch of things. As to whether or not they become writers, I don't know. I find that tends to be more of like a programmer kind of trait. Anyway, I'm really not involved in the fandom at this point, other than following a few artists and listening to y'all's podcast. But I still find all the episodes fun, and most are very insightful and helpful for improving my writing. Best wishes, and I hope this email makes it through your mountains of spam. That's the other email, so you're fine here.
1: <laughs> you picked the right email.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for the congratulations.
2: Yes, thank it's, it's you very much.
0: Being a really good three years.
2: And we're still friends. <laughs>
1: <coughs> well, I guess that's all the emails. Yeah, for better and <laughs> for worse. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, one. thanks.
0: <laughs> Nothing to see from here on out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, if you're still here, we're gonna okay need Ray, Ray Chan, Chan to <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: Ray Chan has sent us two emails. He feels very strongly about our last episode, so let's see what he has to say. Uh, in this, in that episode, you talk about how furry is a spectrum because for many of the stories, there's no real change to the story if they're zipperbacks versus human. Is that what we said? Yes. <laughs> if there's a bags, basically, you, they can be humans. How does that fit with a spectrum, though? Just the um, level of anthropomorphize, like, the amount
2: that you do with the anthropomorphization. Yeah. Because you yeah. have the people who are like, they are a wolf, and we, that we, is yeah. all you hear. We,
0: we were talking about it in terms of a spectrum in regards to, like, yeah, how furry can you make your character mm. versus, like... There are a bunch of different ways that you can do it, and some of them matter a bit more than others, I think.
1: Well, he goes on to argue that genre is the same way because most stories would not change if you set them in our world at 2016. Steady aside the Force, Star Wars is literally the retelling of a World War II story, and all technology functions identically.
0: (laughs) I'm not so sure about that one. I I don't remember Hitler having a lightsaber and telling us... Lightsabers or, like, energy blasters, and, like, you could argue that maybe it's a gun, but you can't deflect
1: bullets and so there's that now if you want to say that star wars is instead a space opera instead of a sci-fi story that i think is more generally agreed upon sure yeah. but i would still say largely sci-fi no, like he, not he, hard he goes sci-fi on to say characters I mean, alienness does not matter in star uh, wars oh and there are quite a number of sci-fi fans who call star wars science fantasy because there's no science elements and an aliens alienness plays no part how do you guys feel about that how how alien are the aliens I think it depends on how Puritan
0: and you are about your I, science fiction. I believe they're more alien
2: than the aliens in Star Trek.
1: No, oh, Jabba the Hutt's pretty alien. That's Jabba the
0: Hutt and um, that weird guy with the, the big the, eyes. Fly, the it? flying guy that like sells car parts. Oh yeah, with the <laughs> yeah, the dice. Me- yeah, the Mexican. <laughs> like <laughs> they they have you know non-humanistic traits and like are kind of aliens even so if they're largely human. So if you humanoid. replace
1: the Ewoks with. Like little children? I don't know. Is that. I don't know. That's, it, we're I, I we're getting into start, some very racist territory here. What you trying <laughs> to say is you could replace
0: the aliens with humans? I, I guess so, but I mean, that's kind of the point of all of those science fiction shows, isn't it? Just to. Because otherwise, it's not like Lord of the Rings where you have like 30 different languages, all of which have their own. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars <clears throat> is
2: a space opera, it's flat out being described that in a number of places. It's not a science fiction story, and it's definitely not a hard science fiction story. Science it's a science
1: fiction, fiction story, in fact, that there is space and space travel. Yeah. And in science yeah. fiction, the only genre
2: within science fiction that really gives that much of a crap about the technology and the aliens and all that is hard science fiction. And there is only so much of hard science fiction that I can read before I get super bored. Elizabeth Baer writes hard sci-fi. She's done a trilogy. I picked up one of the books, tried to read it, and I was like, I'm done. I, I can't read this. It's just... It's too much. And the same goes for um, Peter Watts, I think. Blind, blindsight, I think is the name of this. The, no, not Blindsight. Anyway.
0: Right,
2: exo, exopraxia, I think, is the second book. But it's the same thing. It's just... It's so much science that you're like, I don't care anymore. Because it spends most
1: of its time explaining the science behind things rather than telling the story. It uh, goes on to say, Very little would change about Firefly if Mal crewed a boat or a plane... Except for Rivers psychic powers and the episode the running out of oxygen, which I'll disagree a lot about all of that. And there are people who would call it a space western, not a science fiction, because it is a space western. It's actually <laughs> defined as a space western. It's in actually, the Wikipedia. <laughs> space is. Western, sci-fi, like etcetera, etc. I think he's yeah. trying to bring up science fiction stories that are not actually science fiction stories. But whether someone's a Wookiee or a Russian, they're in a spaceship or a steamboat is purposely its purpose is purely aesthetic. No, the, the, Firefly. If it was a boat, would not be the same. Well, I mean, and they, Star
2: Wars. If it was a boat, would not be the same. If it was just
1: a world, well, no. If Star Wars was a World War II story,
2: but would it be the same? Well, you have Tatooine. I you, have no you have idea Hoth, how that works. You have Dagobah, and you have, and that's that's a lot of. Well, now I'm going to travel to the swamp. Now I'm going to travel to the Arctic.
1: Now I'm going to travel back to the swamp. Like, I I think he's deconstructing it way too far. It's the same thing where we were talking about, yes, you could technically do Mm -hmm. Zootopia without them as animals. Mm -hmm. You can kind of have the same story, but it's not the same story, is it? No. You're just then telling a story Mm -hmm. of normal people and racism? I don't know. Even, like, like, how does the the society work at that point? The
0: dynamic of these stories change quite a bit if you turn them into, like, you, you put them on a boat, and, you know, suddenly you don't have, like, space battles or people, like, Flying through space How do the shooting each other makes the, the
1: you know, not to mention, I should point out that a spaceship is a boat. I think he's pushing it much too far. We could also go to a second paragraph, I guess, and continue discussing this. Do you want me to read, or do you want to continue? Compare this to the movie Gravity, which could not work anywhere but space. Really? Couldn't you just do it underwater?
0: Yeah, actually, yeah. You could because the
1: conditions underwater currents are just a bitch. As, That's well, yeah. underwater you're trapped underwater, underwater in a place where terrifying. it's going to be very hard to get back to the surface of the earth. Well, uh, I think a lot of uh, I haven't
0: seen gravity, but doesn't a lot of it have to do with like a fixing ship? being weightless and not being able to like swim back to the spaceship when they're like outside and
1: I think it would be like a current type issue. Like you can't swim against a strong current, you can't. Swim yeah, against I mean, a the current, force. The
0: current would make sense, make more sense than apparently
1: well, the mysterious force that was well, tugging gravity, it away from the space station. Yeah. I think you could do gravi- I think you, could I think do, you do gravity underwater. I think
2: you could do it underwater. I think you could do under interstellar. I think you
1: could do gravity too. underwater better than you could do Star Wars as a World War II story. <laughs> 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 there's there's a lot less to connect there. Or oh, you would have to change a hell of a lot to make the matrix work. Uh, you have Neos Neonis. Which is far more significant on the plot than... What do you mean change? Change it from what to what? I don't understand. Neo
0: essentially has the Force in
1: The Matrix. He's the chosen one. Okay, finish that sentence because I have a point. Okay, which is far more significant on the plot than the Force in Star Wars. Okay, case in
2: point, there's a lot of... And I was actually talking to my brother about this. The Force Awakens. Everyone's bitching about the fact that it's basically a new hope retold. It totally is but it's also showing that the force is cyclical. That is so, that is part of the reason amongst the other things of this is a restart. This is a you know and kind of going it's on also
1: that. it's also them going. Anyway, you know, you what, know they had
2: to placate the original fans just a little bit. Yeah. But but part of it is is the fact that the force is cyclical. That Star Wars is all about a cyclical plot. And that's why things were in balance, they got out of balance, they went back into balance when Vader took over. And then they went out of balance
0: when they killed all the Jedi, and now it's coming back into balance again. Man, the life of a Jedi must suck. Yeah, the life of a Jedi does suck. And well, like, Neo in the Matrix has like the equivalent of Force like powers in the movie. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure what the difference here is.
1: I'm pretty like, sure if I wanted to go spend 10 more I, minutes than we have on this episode, I could like, find you things that are like the Midichlorians. The Matrix. Midichlorians
0: are essentially bending reality for you, which is exactly what the Matrix is. And to be said, Neo kind of became a Mary Sue. Yeah, I was like, I'm powerful and But, but bullets. The,
1: I think the deeper question was if he was actually the chosen one or not. But anyway. Yeah,
0: but I mean, so was Luke. <laughs> I haven't seen the movies in a while. <laughs> it's Luke. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Anakin well, like, was the L- Anakin. The chosen one was the chosen one. Anakin chosen. was the chosen
2: one to bring balance to the Force, which is when he killed all the Jedi. He brought Oney balance to the Force. Yeah,
1: they just and didn't. These be balance are all would be going
0: yeah, people that yeah. had a very integral part to the story and like the point of the movies. Yeah, and I've read all, some very good, as Ocean says,
2: there's some very good theories on Neo not being the chosen one, and they're amazing. They're mind blowing. They completely rewrite the Matrix.
1: Anyways, I don't know what you're trying to rewrite Star or The Matrix as, so I can um, really comment on that. There are tropes that do not work without speculative elements, the classic Frankenstein. We have created a being we cannot control, does not work. You could change the monster to a tiger, but a tiger can't talk to you, it will not outsmart you. You were merely raised, you merely raised it, you did not create it, which is entirely a different cautionary tale. What?
0: What if I constructed the tiger? <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure that's already been done like all, all like you know time travel movies require time travel or it doesn't work. Um uh, yeah, so what? Are you I, just I'm, saying that like furry stories don't require furries to work? What if my furry story has time travel? I mean I'm confused. <laughs> I'm also <laughs> confused. I think I think what he's trying to get at, and maybe we should just finish well, let's finish thinking. Of uh, he says, uh, it goes to voice, I am sure you can tell that there are stories that one person will say is this is horror and another will say, no, it's suspense, or no, it's a thriller, which I believe we said before, those are really kind s- of s- Suspense and thrillers are actually kind of sub-genres of horror. People have even said mystery is kind of a subgenre of horror, honestly.
2: Yeah, and like. yeah, yeah, and people, and that's one of the things, is thriller. is act- The th- genre of thriller came about because... Horror got such a bad rap that they said. Because of the cheesy horror. Because of the cheesy horror that they needed a new genre that they could basically do horror movies that wouldn't be associated with horror. So they created um, thrillers. And now that's why the genre. They're just not slashers, basically. And that's why they're so ambiguous, is because, yeah, they're essentially the same thing with a very thin line between them.
1: And this is also going into genre defining, I suppose, but. My point is, unless the plot or character hinges on a trope pivotal to that genre, then the story isn't going to change very much. And many stories in a genre do not make these tropes essential. The same is true of furry. If the purpose of furriness is the standard of story is going to be judged or categorized or received, then that logic needs to be applied to all stories in all other genres. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not sure,
0: like, I, I think I understand the point he's trying to make here, but... Being furry does not have to be
1: critical to the point of a story. I think we should also point out that uh, it's debatable that je- furry is a genre. And while otherwise, I, I some would, people actually just categorize it as a meta genre. I, mm-hmm, I would agree with that. Something that, that is applied to a genre. Again, you could. If you like, if you take out the furry of the story, probably not a furry story anymore. It's probably whatever genre it was originally. Yeah,
0: but like This, this kind of reminds of me ever. of a comment that was made about some furry stories a while ago. You know, it was like, you know, if you take out the part where. You know they use their tails for balance, or so they have like super hearing or smell or whatever. If you take all that out, then it, the story is practically the same. When that's not really true, I mean, even if it does or doesn't have an essential part of the story, it doesn't really matter. It's, well, it's still furry or not. It's still zipperback or not. Yeah, and like, that's depending on how these characters interact with the plot, but it doesn't have to be. But with the plot,
2: with genres, if you take out the science fiction. It's then a
0: normal story.
2: If you take out the slice of life, then it's gonna be
0: boring I mean, as well. If all you remove the about. force from Star Wars and it's a bunch of normal people shooting at each other. I mean sure. In space. <laughs> which is still <laughs> entertaining. Space kill yeah, but take out the space and it's just Well that's that's why I think again a lot of is people. Other, space sure,
1: Western if you right if you take why? out
0: the critical points in any story, it becomes a mundane story, but that's why you've added that
2: element yeah. in there. Genres have specific things in them that make them that genre. You take those like, away and the story is no longer that genre. With furry, as we said, like the meta-furry or meta-genre thing, the fact is is you take the furry out, well, what does the story become? It becomes a story of whatever genre that is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the best response right there.
0: And you, you can't really classify a story as just furry. It, it doesn't work that way. It's a furry book that is horror, that is yeah sci-fi that is fantasy
2: like i mean i recently read a weird western where the only weird aspect of it was the fact that he was a gentleman who traveled through the ages and through dimensions that is all that is said about him the entire rest of the story is just a standard western and at the end of it i said this was heralded as one of the best weird westerns out there there is nothing weird in this other than this guy supposedly has this deep, dark secret that is never touched upon. Well, why is it there?
0: <laughs> For someone to touch.
2: And he does in, like, short stories after the fact, but until you read those short stories, it's just like, wow, okay, here's this big mystery that's never touched upon. That is not... Why do you have that in the story?
0: Well, that you loved flavor text. It depends flavor on how flavor. it's done. What if you'd read the short stories first? I had read one of the short stories first, uh-huh.
2: and it was well, very weird. And I gave it lots of props when I read it. And then I went back and read the initial one and went, "Oh, they can spirit walk, or the natives can spirit
1: walk. Awesome! No one spirit walks; they just talk about it." I'm still confused. Is he arguing against zipperbacks or for zipperbacks? Because is he saying that Star Wars is still the same story if you put it in Final Fantasy? One well, Final Fantasy World War Two. So you shouldn't be so harsh on zipperbacks. Or should we be harsher on Zipperbacks to refine what our genre is because Star Wars really isn't much of a science fiction? I, I'm i confused which point he's going after. I
0: couldn't tell you. From, from what I see is that comparing all of his examples to Zipperbacks and Furry is that being Furry has to be quintessential to the plot in order to work, which I don't agree with.
1: Because um, our I point s- was, do whatever you want. We, we, we prefer stories where the species is more in- integral to the story and the plot, but we understand that that doesn't always happen, and that isn't always why we're reading them, right? Well, in a conversation him and I had had,
2: he says he's run into a couple of issues with some of his stories. Um, one of them is he's writing a story, and he's written a story with a specific species in mind, and halfway through his stories he realized his characters aren't acting like the species would if they were anthropomorphized so he feels that he's like well i could go back and change it but if he goes back and changes the species then it feels like a painting askew for him so i think he wants the species to have a point in the story but at the same point he thinks that there's stories where you run
1: into that case but, but I I'm There's going, even stories where they're not integral to the plot but they are integral to the atmosphere.
2: Take yes, Zootopia.
1: Right? Take the cheetah.
2: <laughs> the cheetah is the exact opposite in that movie of Clauser. every yeah. other Clawhuser. Yeah,
1: he's there to be the opposite of what you would expect a cheetah to be.
2: Yeah. And that's but the thing is is you can have characters that aren't, you know, living up to the social aspects of that species. Stereotyping. And that's perfectly fine. You know, if you want, say, a ferret that loves to... Well, I guess ferrets love to swim anyway. An otter that hates to swim. You can still have an otter that
0: hates to swim. It actually makes that otter a lot more interesting than the otters who do swim. I I find it interesting that we even care so much about superbacks versus, like... That some people do, That's the thing, yeah. Some people do. Like, we all want to read stories about fuzzy animal people. Some of them just are more true to
1: form than others well, and I but think, i don't think it makes it any less furry and the fact that some people will nitpick and dig down as far as they can to say your story where your species don't count
0: yeah and i mean what's the point i mean y- you can applaud someone for integrating their natural animalistic abilities but
1: not to say that a story is bad just because it doesn't yeah. Like, again, we keep going back to Robin Hood. I think Robin Hood is almost the perfect example here, right? Because some people, again, look at that and go, it's very furry. Other yeah. people can go, well, it's clearly just zipperbacks because it's another story told with just animal motifs on them. And then yeah. there's that middle ground where they're like, well, at least they gave them roles that kind of fit their species, you know. Yeah. And well, then it was Friar occurred. Tuck, a big, a big well, guy, you know, and the king is a lion. And the sneaky deputy, or the sneaky sheriff is a snake, and... Yep, and the fox is the cunning one. Yeah, but
2: and the princess,
1: and again, like some people will be like, "Yeah, sure." Some people will be like, "Totally there," and some people will be like, "You could have just swapped it out for yeah, anything." Yeah, if we like, had, as, so it's it's really a personal preference, and you can again dig down as far as you want, but like why wait, why are you doing this? What just, is the point of this? I just
0: <laughs> kind of get flashbacks to, like my parents being like, "Why animal people?" <laughs> and I'm it's like,
1: "Because." I just wanna write about animal people. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I think at the same time, that's that is one, valid. You can you wanna write them, go for it. But at the same point, two, you are gonna have people who are going to be, why did you do this? And you can go, because, because. I wanted to. Yep. And if they don't find that satisfactory, well, eh. But yeah, you do have to loss. realize that when you are sending it places And they're going to be asking the same question. Why this? Every, every well, as we said at the end of the last episode, write what you want.
2: Write what makes you happy. But as you say, if you're going to send it away to places, at least understand that the editor you're sending to understand what level of quote-unquote furry they want and understand that if you aren't on the same page or near that page, then your story may get rejected just based off of that or you might get told to change it. There yeah, were I mean, wonderful stories that were submitted to um, Bleak Horizons. And I had to go back and say, like, and here, I had to go say to Yanis, I needed to be more furry. Yanis is an amazing writer. I loved his story, I loved his characters, but.
0: For me, I just needed to be that much more furry. And I mean, that, that's a lot of submitting to other people. You have to be aware of what their expectations are. And there are at times where your resolve needs to be strong enough to go, this is what I want to write. Yeah. And this is what I'm going to write. If you're at the beck and call of other people, then you need to consider that a bit more. But nothing's stopping you from just writing zipper packs all you want. Yeah. And there are people, that's all they do. They just sit there and go, I just read
2: a self-published erotica that I talked about on Twitter, so some of you are going to know what I'm talking about. And the description of the aliens was literally, they have one had gray fur and this color stripes. This one had, you know, whatever color fur and spots. And they're called toms. It is completely reliant on the fact that on the cover is a cat girl alien for you to understand that they're felines. Because that is the only description you got. When it
0: doesn't work very that well. That and
1: they're 16.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I know some people have it easier because they're like, well, I just write TF stories, and so, of course, your, spe- your person is going to come out differently, right? Yeah. So species kind of matters in the fact that they're not going to be the same thing that they started as. And that's good. You've got an easier route than others. But oh yeah, when you create a world, that is just anthros because I like anthro world immediately everyone wants to throw the book at you because well that can't happen well guess what lots of things can't happen in normal books again I think we said it before like Kyle I think Kyle again fits right on the, that line with the Robin Hood with yeah. what I've read of his there's no explanation why the species why why the why it's one it's an animal world two why they are the animals they are sometimes it does have a factor yeah but from what I've heard from Kyle he likes foxes so that's why he writes foxes <laughs> like it's and then you know the next level is going well if i'm going to use fox characters what are the attributes of foxes that i can use yeah and again like yes you can you're it's it's not the story isn't there because they're foxes they're just foxes in a story so i'm going to use them as foxes as much as i can mm-hmm. but they could be another story without foxes so again if you're an editor and that's what you want to pick at, then you can go ahead and pick at that. But there's also the readership that goes, Oh man, it's a fox, and I like reading about foxes. Yep. So, you know, pick your battles. Choose yep. choose who you're trying to please, and hopefully it's you first. And if you don't know how an editor is when it comes to the
2: level of quote-unquote furriness, just ask other writers. We're, we're not that closed of a community, we are actually a very open community. Yeah, I
1: think I think between us we're fine with the Robin Hood line.
2: Yeah.
1: I think that's where we like to start. Yeah. Sometimes you go a little little of the other side, but Robin Hood's a good borderline and then yeah. you go up. Anything past that makes it immediately a more attractable story, I find, because again, it's it's more you're delving deeper into the genre. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we we have a this was a two-parter email from Ray Chan. So I'm going to continue with the second part here. Um, If I set a story in Italy, but the story has nothing to do with Italy, would you ask me, why is this story in Italy rather than America? Because you, Ray Chan, are in the US. Thank you, I was confused. Um, What purpose does this serve in the story? If I have a story about a scientist meeting aliens, the main character is a black gay man, but this is irrelevant to the story. Would you ask me why is this guy gay? What purpose does this serve in the story? Why, why isn't? Why are we asking about if the, Why is the guy black? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Why are they black and gay? Why? I mean, surely I can accept one of these things, but not both. I'm so, just Okay, if I'm
2: writing a review of this, I would say, why did you point out that he was gay? Why, why did you point like? It, <laughs> if if it, it was how Locked
0: in a gay black man. <laughs> yeah, and walked over to the console like.
2: If it has no part in uh, it, it's in a the lot story. like that
0: person that introduces themselves as, like, Tarl and gay. Hi, I'm Tarl, yes. the six Hi, I'm foot tarle. tall gay man. I'm gay with my boyfriend who does me in the a hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true certain-
2: aliens, it's angel That is why one thing I liked about Kiri's story in Inhuman Acts is it goes on and her character is a lesbian and it only ever comes up later on in the story because guess what, that's the only time lesbian part of it actually is
0: relevant! Even if these details aren't important, they give a sense of dimension and context to a setting or a character. It exists in a place rather than a void. This character is more of an individual than if I hadn't described them at all. And that if you remove those things, it may not change the story, but it makes the character less conceptually. It change... What? Okay. <laughs> Try take two. If you remove these things, it may not change the story, but it makes the character less conceptually. It changes the character's identity. If I take a story what? and I unzip all the characters' suits, but it's not different, okay. but it feels wrong to me. Even if these details aren't important,
1: they give a sense of dimension and context to a setting or a character. See, if you just... Do they?
0: If you How? just... I, 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 think, can, I, think I think the point he's trying to make is that adding these details, even if mildly irrelevant, add a sense of depth. They do, to a degree. Which I would agree...
1: So, even if these details aren't important, they give a sense of dimension and context to settings or characters. It exists in a place rather than a void. This character is more an individual than if I hadn't given you that, that detail. Um, and if you remove that thing, it might not change the story, but it makes the character less conceptual. I think he means, like, makes them a little less cardboardy. Mm. Or makes I, them I, more cardboardy if what you remove them. which I say. It changes which their can... identity. Um, if I take a story and I unzip all the characters' suits because they're all zipper backs, it's not different. But it feels wrong to me, because those characters are, to me, um, what they are in my head. If, if you, take, if, no, if you, oak. If you ch- take all the furry fur characters and turn them into humans, it's not they're different, fe- but it feels wrong. Well, the thing is, if I gave you a story, if I took a furry story that I wrote, moved it to humans... And then gave it to you. And I did nothing more other than to remove the facade of z- zipper backs and any, like, the tail I, wag. I understand that. Would you know? Would you know? That's essentially what we were talking about. They can still meow.
0: <laughs> Could They, they can scent? still
1: talk about maybe I've got a hairball. Whatever. Scenting? But yeah, if they're scenting things, if they're smelling things...
2: You okay, honey, you smell upset.
1: And gave that to you, would you be able to tell that something is very weird with these humans?
2: <laughs> Something's very fucked up with these humans. Because if you
1: can't, then I think that's that's your definition of zipper bags. It's
2: like, Roland, yeah. I smell you're aggravated right now.
0: Yeah, like the, hum- yeah, whoa, the human. Whoa, you,
1: you gotta stop having sex in the car before you come to the potty. The, the human that can smell a steak dinner from like 200 yards yeah. away. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's normal, whoa, right? Whoa, He says one more thing. Oh, it's supposed to be a footnote, maybe? Uh, I don't know. So it is a footnote to the what? Why is this gay guy guy gay? What purpose does it serve in the story? Asterix, and we read the asterix, and it says,
0: "Yes, I realize that the legitimate reason for making a character of an orientation, gender, ethnicity, etc., is inclusiveness, uh, or because the author is one of those things. While species doesn't qualify because none of us are anthropomorphic animals. I acknowledge that, but am setting that fact aside because it is separate from the point I'm trying to make." Well, then why just? I think what these are trying to say is that including unnecessary details adds depth and character.
1: Yeah, but that goes back to a Dumbledore thing where it's like Dumbledore was gay. Did we need to mention it?
0: Well, we found
1: out later, and everyone, oh yeah, it makes sense. I mean, since this part probably didn't
0: make it into the episode, I feel like that was a bit of a cop out. The series was done. I mean, all she did was say, Dumbledore's gay after the series was over and she'd already sold all her books.
1: I but, thought I that mean, was clever of her. Does, she wrote it, it, a gay character and didn't have to I, point I'm out sure. to everybody, By the way, he's sucking cock. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, if they weren't already not buying it because
0: witchcraft, I'm sure she made a lot of people feel really dirty. For that, I am grateful.
1: Exactly! <coughs> That's, that was kind of my take on it, I'll admit. So now that we're done emails, um... Please send us more, and maybe we'll check them more often, or yell at us, because we didn't check our emails, or we failed at getting... We're very bad at communication. Ray Chen had sent me an email. There's a story in an anthology out there. Yeah, Ray Chen had mentioned that... Should I have... One of us worked on it. Yeah. (laughs) And it was accepted, and was later found out that it is eerily similar to another...
2: Pre-existing
1: Pre-existing story out there already. It was not the author's fault. They did not realize this. It was pointed out afterwards. Uh, the the editor and staff of the anthology did not realize it afterwards until it was pointed out. At that point, the author got a little bit stressed because they didn't know what to do. Because, again, it's like, well, I, I wrote this story. I thought it was original, completely out of my head. Here it is, and I submitted it, and it got accepted. Hooray! Only to find out that it is already been done, and now I'm scared that I'm going to be charged for plagiarizing. And it comes down to
2: when you unintentionally plagiarize something, which I think is an extremely (coughs) rare thing. Oh, probably extremely rare. Um, I mean, there were times when I was a kid where I would draw something and then, or write something, and I would find
0: things that were eerily similar. There there was a story that I wrote back in the day. I posted it to F.A., and 70%-ish of the comments that I got were like, wow, grats on the totally original beginning, bro. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, I, I, to this day, I still don't know what I supposedly plagiarized. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I have no idea. And Raychon had pointed out, you know, what do you do when it's unintentional plagiarism? I don't know how you would prove that. If it ever went to court or something like that, I don't know how you would prove it. I don't know, I mean, like, things like copyright and trademark are very subjective things at times. Like, the fact that you can even come up with a remotely similar idea, you can get sued
2: for it. There's a fight going on on InkBunny right now because Mm. someone is using someone else's characters that they have only given exclusive permission to certain authors to use. Now we all know that on Fur Affinity and on the bottom of Pink Bunny, there's a little thing that says all characters and da 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 is copyrighted by their respective owners. And someone said, "Well, they can't do that. It's copyrighted."
1: To be fair, a a lot of people do that and assume it's
0: it's actually called Creative Commons. But yes, yeah, which is automatically applied to anything posted on the internet. Right. But a lot of copyright has to do with making money off it, and not
2: right. And then there's in the comment section, there's a giant breakup between trademarking versus copywriting. And this guy just thinks copywriting his stuff is all that easy, and so, you know... No. <laughs> I can do this easy, and they're breaking my copyright, and it's like, well, no. There's, there's some, so much more to that than you
0: realize. Funny story, there's nothing stopping them from using your characters. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is, I actually don't know how you would prove in a court system that you
2: unintentionally plagiarized something. Especially something that's really eerie other than the fact that it's like, I've never seen this episode, I'm not aware of it. In Now's case, they can turn around and go, well, I I found out about this, I changed the story, it's different, and on it goes, is my thought anyway. I really honestly don't know how one would broach. Like, if you found out your story was blatantly copying
0: another story. Well, I mean, that entirely depends.
1: You see, what you've written here is The Lion King. Because, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Have you not heard of this... (laughs)
0: See, here's the thing, is that I've essentially done this on purpose by doing a retelling of a classic story. I mean, this whole concept of telling a different story is not new. Mm -hmm. It's barely like copyright infringement. So long as this story is enough that it is yours. Yeah, And also, spoilers, again, there's nothing to stop someone from using characters that you have created in their own story in several ways that I cannot explain because I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) But if they're posting a story to FA including your characters there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah.
2: Um, Unless it's something that's published because then that actually takes into Actual legality stuff, rather than stuff that you've posted
0: online.
1: It's like my friend with the corset She had it. I don't like it.
0: it, it kind of depends on whether or not you have rights to the character or rights to the story, and I'm not sure what the difference is. I'm I'm not sure how that difference comes about. We would need a literary lawyer for this. Yeah.
1: Uh, Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> We're all pondering now. Did we finish answering Ray Chan's email?
0: We there. We said so much about that email. I see some of his
2: points. I see where he's going with some of his points.
1: <clears throat> what are his points?
2: Just with the... If you remove a character species, it might feel wrong.
0: And I can see that. So is he saying you I, should do it or shouldn't? I, it? I feel like the point... Ray Chan might have been trying to say, as confusing as it was, that, like, zipperbacks, while they might not contribute anything to the story, add a little bit of character and depth on their own, mm-hmm. like, by introducing it as such. Because he says that you can take the zipperbacks out, but it feels wrong. It's like the gay, black scientist. And so, like, I think this just sort of goes on. Top of what we've been saying to write what you want and like do it because you want to or because you feel you want this in your story. Well, and as we said, know who you're submitting to.
2: Some authors are perfectly okay with zipper backs.
0: Yeah, some people don't care. Like, as long as you add like a swishy foxtail, they're happy.
1: Swish, swish.
0: Like, you sort of, like, plant the seed that they are indeed a furry creature, and then the reader can just sort of read on
1: from there. Exactly. Well, why are people reading your story? Are people reading... Are people, like, watching Star Wars because it's a science fiction? I don't think so. No. Are people reading your story just because there are ears and tails on your characters? Are they reading your stories because they want to see uh, something different in an anthropomorphic world? And that... Both. Well, that can depend on the reader. That can depend on the stories. That's my point is, write, write what you want because the people want you to write it. Write what you want because you like it. We're, we're editors, so we're still going to be critical of your work if you send it to us. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be critical no matter what. If you're going to send me a story and go, John is a wolf, and then never tell me again that John is a wolf and he never uses like, his nose I mean, or a tail or anything, then I'm sorry. I'm going to send it well, back to you. By default, we're right. looking for something with a little bit
0: more. Yeah. But that isn't to say that you know the zipperbacks that you're writing don't have a place. Or that people won't enjoy it. That place might be for affinity or like commission-based work, like something like that. But I don't think any publisher is really gonna. Well, I want think it depends on the editor. It, it depends on the publisher, the editor, and all on that. The publisher. But I mean, there, there's a time and a place for it. You just have to figure out when that is.
2: Yeah, just figure out who you're submitting to. Yeah, write some, the story.
0: Some editors
1: and some publishers. And they, by
0: the way, figure that out by submitting your work. And then letting them
1: respond. Don't just assume. We, we can definitely say that we have talked to different publishers and different editors, and they all they all have different spots where they like their stories on the spectrum. And
2: I've seen it from one side to the other side. Yep.
1: I'm not going to say which ones, but... Yeah. It's another day. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're going to submit somewhere, then maybe try to find out. Ask other people um, who have submitted to them what their experiences are like. If you're putting something online, like furry, for anybody to read, then... You don't have to listen to anybody. <laughs> yeah, just you can do just what listen you to your readers, and if your readers are saying we like that, then maybe you should keep doing that. And haters gonna hate. Drop exactly. Mic.
0: <laughs> so yeah, whatever the point of this podcast was.
1: We hope you enjoyed.
0: Merry it. Christmas. <laughs> Merry Happy Christmas. New Year. And maybe we'll do something special for the new year. All right, so feel free to visit our webpage at fangsandfonts.com. You can follow our Twitter, at fangsandfonts. You can email us, podcasts, or fangsandfonts at gmail.com. Let's actually check our email. Uh, check our Facebook, fangsandfonts. Write more, edit more, write oh, whatever you want. Oh, zipper bags, not zipper bags. You want to write about space boats and <laughs> not
1: science Spacey, casey, with, space Nazi world you want to play War Star Wars you go all right shakespearean actors on it i don't you know for what i'm it, talking about anymore right like you, you got <laughs> crazy star oh my show. god if you, you don't dust space i'm going to you know what
0: i'm not going to finish a single
1: yeah <laughs> <Seeing> space cowboy
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been watching Space Dandy. Right on, you crazy Space Dandy.
1: <laughs> space Dandy is fucking weird. It is. I did not get. Shall so I stop this? No. <laughs> don't I touch mean, that. Don't We're touch in the that bonus round now. Yeah. Woo, 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 woo. Woo, woo. Woo,
0: woo. Okay, good
1: night. I would like a latte now.
0: I still feel like you're wrong, but we can default to your way. Your so, way, this is that, probably getting cut. That's the safer way. So we
2: have not touched on his email from April, That he then responded, sent us another one. That'll
0: probably be like the intro. I feel hmm. like you're wrong, but we'll do it your way. <laughs> okay.